Welcome to Business News and Other Shit. I'm your host, Amr. Thank you so much for tuning in to a show that's been called The Perfect Listen for Busy Fifth Graders with ADD. I'm an entrepreneur and an aspiring stand-up comedian, improviser, and my favorite job, stay-at-home dad. In a previous life, I graduated from the University of Chicago, <clears throat> the Harvard of the Midwest, with an A.B. in economics. And after that, for 10 long years, I worked as an executive director for J.P. Morgan. <clears throat> Sold my soul. You may be asking why someone in their right mind with a wife and two kids would give up such a prestigious and profitable position to become a lowly comedian. And to that, I would say, uh, it's way more fun and maybe... Don't be such a jerk about it. Our goal with the show is to entertain you with funny stories, jokes, and one-liners about investing and business and money, and hopefully make you a stronger and more financially secure person. Basically, we want to help you increase the size of your backup stash. Backup stash being that secret stash of money that keeps you afloat after you tell that horrible boss to get the hell out of here, or you want to travel around Southeast Asia for the next six months. Join us every Thursday. We tell some funny stories, jokes, have a good old time, and you know what? Maybe learn a few important things. Welcome to Business News and Other Shit. I'm your host, Amr Abdullah. Welcome for all our listeners and our guests. What's up, y'all? Let's introduce everyone who is here. We'll talk about a little agenda, and then we'll jump right into it. Uh, CB, welcome back from Utah. Yo, yo, feels good to be back, man. I missed you last week, so sorry for your loss. Thank you very much, brother. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, yes. Um, up and down a couple weeks. It's been now two and a half weeks, um, and you know, one day at a time, baby, one day at a time. Uh, after my dad had passed, you know, we're just kind of together as a family, connecting with friends, figuring it out, making sense of it all, but thank you. You were out at Sundance, the film festival. I was. Yeah, man. Yep. Welcome back. I was, I was seeing all the movies that, uh, that Ted didn't have time for. Ha <laughs> hmm. You've got a much more leisurely Sundance schedule than I had. I do. Ted's out there to conduct three to five movies a day. <laughs> Ted's out there to conduct some business. Uh, yeah, man. So it was good. We missed you last week. Cream, cream sat in. Yeah. They wanted to fire Kareem, you. My clone. They wanted to fire you. I was like, hell no. Yeah. We got to keep this guy. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you made that suggestion. Oh, was it me? Yeah. Oh, all right. I, I mean, I did record it. So. Oh, it's, it's recorded. These are recorded. Chris? Ooh, blackmail. There's a record. Kareem. Yes. Bazara. That is me. Bazara in Arabic. Welcome. Thanks for being here, man. Of course, man. Uh, Kareem, guys, is our social media gangster. He posts everything that you guys see. He's also my clone. Yeah. Hmm. The Bosnian version right. of Chris Broadhead. I'm forming him into my clone. Yeah. He's, he's the Bosnian Egyptian. Is that how clones work? Yes. Bosnian Egyptian. He's the Bosnian so. Egyptian version of uh, Chris Broadhead. <laughs> You're the Bosnian Egyptian version of the South. Yeah, pretty much. Cool. Welcome. Thank you. Sam, whiskey and cigarettes, prick it. <laughs> hey, everybody. How's it going? What's up? Nothing much. I'm doing all right. I hope cameras can catch Sam how he looks right now, basically. It's basically the equivalent of a... Sh he's wearing a straight jacket, but it's a, a, a Bill Cosby sweater. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what Cosby's wearing in jail. As <laughs> yeah. A, yeah, yeah. That's the sweater That's Bill Cosby's a, wearing in jail right now. <laughs> yeah. I read an article that he's he's playing Dr. Huxtable in jail. Like, that's literally his... Uh, just that's survival. Right. He that's has right. to, or they'll. No, he's got like waiting. He's got like he's taking uh, the other inmates for uh, and drugging know. them, and and, and he uh, like diagnoses their things as Doctor Huxtable. <laughs> that's what I'm, that's what I've read. That's hilarious. That has been reported. I want to huh. see which prisoner is playing Theo because that was my favorite character of all time. <laughs> <laughs> so what's up, Sam? Welcome back. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, I went and saw Sam at Zany's where he performed. Yeah. Uh, for a week straight, How if I'm not mistaken. How zany was he? 
uh, as zany as Sam looks right now. <laughs> hey. Yeah, no, I was I was doing some yuck em ups, some yuck ups, uh, uh, riffing and raffing <laughs> with the riff raff. Yep, yep, yep. It was a great week. It was Thanks great. For coming. Yeah. Uh, if you guys want to follow Sam, it's Smug Pricket on Instagram. Yeah. And just look up Sam Pricket on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, and if you want to see Sam perform, come to some open mics that we go to. Yeah, or yeah, I post my shows too. Don't see me at an open mic. You no? know that's how uh, you know something happens. I don't know uh, how to finish that sentence, but perfect. Yeah, don't or I'll, uh, I'll attack you physically and violently, <laughs> out of left field <laughs> and right field at the same time. These are dangerous open mics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for being here, brother. And last but not least, Ted Riley, my man. What's up? How you doing, Ted? Thanks for having me back again. Uh, executive director of Chicago Media Angels. Uh, wonderful friend. Most importantly, great father, great husband. I like Ted. I look up to him. Thank you, Omar. I also look up to you. Thank you, brother. Yeah. Good Ted be and here. I have become good friends. Uh, wearing a Chicago Police Department um, skull cap today. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, What's that about? CPD. Uh, I got this hat when we, um, we made a show a couple of years ago called Public Housing Unit based mm. on uh, true stories of some Chicago cops. Like a television show? Yeah, it's okay. a, it was a pilot. It was an episodic ah. pilot, and we're still working to get somebody to buy that pilot. Hopefully that'll happen. Cool. But uh, yeah, the crew gift was this hat. Ah. Um, I wear it for a couple reasons. I wear it uh, in solidarity for I think we need good police, and mm. so I, I want to be a positive supporter for the police. And then uh, two, I wear it because I think I'm less likely to be pulled over if I wear this hat when driving. So, That's really I, smart. Yeah, and I, I was a little bit late this morning, and I did fly by a state trooper on 55. And I was going a good 30 over the mi- oh, mile, shit. and he didn't he didn't budge. You were going 85? I was going 85. Damn, yeah, was nice you're an 85 guy, huh? I, I told you I'd be here at 10. <laughs> hey, uh, I heard the two reasons that you wear the hat. Does the cold weather and staying warm come into that at all equation? Uh, no. My hat wearing is completely uncorrelated to the exterior weather. temperature. Yeah, that's smart, dude. I had a buddy. Speaking of the the not getting you know f- the cops thing, I had a buddy who found a Bible with the American flag like printed on like as a cover for the oh. Bible, and he always kept it in his passenger seat in case he got pulled over for drug driving. Wow. That yeah, takes, that, that'll work work for you in like rural unincorporated Will County with yeah, a Will yeah, yeah. County Sheriff. I don't I don't know if that's gonna fly. Chicago, Chicago, that was in the Chicago South, PD. That was in North Cacalaki. Yeah, where that was. That's is a, that a that's real a, name? Yeah, yeah. That's a bulletproof vest. What <laughs> that is, that's what we call in the South. Uh, yeah, Bible Bible proof vest. Yeah, the CPD checkered hat, good for uh, avoiding uh, traffic tickets. It's also I, this has not worked for me, but I've heard from other people it's good for free Jimmy Johns. Is that right? That's what I've been. You told. should try that. That's what I've been told. I walked by. Uh, <laughs> There's enough Jimmy Johns where you can hit one like multiple times throughout the day and just get a bunch of sandwiches and give them to your like, employees or whatever. You know. I don't really like their sandwiches, but I love their milkshakes. What Jimmy Johns has milkshakes? Is it? Yeah, Jimmy Johns has milkshakes. No pot bellies. You mean? That's what I meant. They make killer shakes. Yeah, that's what I meant. Sorry. I will say I have tons of gas afterwards. I don't know if it's because I'm lactose intolerant. That's a <laughs> that's, Mediterranean that's probably, thing. probably, yeah. That might be it. <laughs> when you ingest a thing you're allergic to, my <laughs> body does weird things. I, I, used to, I used to drink them a lot when I was working on, on Wall Street, like at J.P. Morgan, which it's not like a regular office with cubicles. We sit on a trading floor where everyone's like inches from each other on trading desks. And so every time I'd have like a Potbelly's shake, um, everyone would be like 
deathly afraid of like what's gonna come out of me after about an hour of me drinking that shake. <laughs> Everyone, I just picture you Except drinking me. a milkshake, just kind of pleasantly and like silently with people around you, like screaming in horror. No, <laughs> I don't, don't do, do it. it. Yeah, man. <laughs> there, there, so when when I worked uh, for a Wall Street firm, that was a thing. Like it would be like the team, like who wants a pot belly milkshake, oh. and we'd all go. But like I think if if Amar had been on our team, we would have waited for Amar to not be there. Like, Amar's gone. Let's go. Let's go to the pot belly run now. I would come back to the office every day and be like, "Hey, you guys got pot belly shakes again without me? Like what? Oh, I'm What's sorry, it? man. Hey, Weird. Dude. Yeah. You're starting to hide it like an alcoholic. You put it behind like the toilet thing. You put it in the bowl and you lift it up. <laughs> There's a milkshake, a pot belly's milkshake. Yeah. In the bowl. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so that's that. They have good shakes. Speaking of uh, Wall Street uh, uh, financial district dining, I was in the. Chicago Board of Trade building the other day, and I walked past a, a Mesa restaurant. Mesa, yes. Mesa. We are, that's right. My brother, so uh, for those of you who don't know, my brother owns a chain of restaurants called Mesa, which is like Mediterranean grilled wraps and pitas and salads yeah. and things like that. And one of them's in the actual- um, The newly refurbished- Correct. Chicago, Chicago Board, Board of, of Trade. Trade. Yeah. Lobby. One of their busier restaurants, actually. I, I imagine As the foot traffic imagine. there is phenomenal. It's on the back end of the CBOT, so it gets it doesn't get what uh, what the front of the it does pretty good actually, yeah. but not it's not the best location. So, but you know what they get they pay a little less rent. It looked nice. I thought it was a good looking yeah. spot. Did you go in there and get a sandwich? I I did not. I, You're was, dead late. To I was late for a meeting. You're dead. Sorry. To me. You could have lied. What should I get? <laughs> so what I literally thought. Scenario? Yeah, well, I got no, a falafel sandwich. Is that what they're called? I'm a bad liar. Uh, <laughs> no, the 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 answer. I I literally thought like, man, I want to go in there, but I have no idea what I would get there. So I thought I'd talk to you about it and get ah, informed. And next time, smart man. I like to know what I'm doing in a place. I'm You're really so uncomfortable. Full of shit. What a full of shit. <laughs> I wanted to know what to get at the. At the food place. Are you a salad guy? Uh, yeah. They make a really... My favorite like salad. Maybe before a steak. Oh. <laughs> right. <laughs> they have a shepherd salad that I think is killer. Mm. Uh, I love that salad. Uh, for the sandwiches or is the Is it pigs? real shepherd? Uh, it's, we, <laughs> we, we only get the finest shepherd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's dry aged yeah. shepherd. By no the way. Peter bullshit. Like we're getting with the real deal. <laughs> the yeah, the no, tough. Yeah, you know uh, is, the wind is kind yeah. of the wind burnt and sunburnt. Yeah. We get those kind of shepherds. Sometimes you get you know you think you get a shepherd, but really you just find a guy standing in a field with a stick, and he's not really shepherding anything. Yeah, it's a it's a yeah. bu- it's a bullshit shepherd. No, the worst is when you it's get shepherds with mad, with mad shepherd disease or mad you know, mad uh, yeah. effort at <laughs> trying to make a mad cow disease joke. Hmm. Uh, anyway, maybe we should talk business. What do you guys think, huh? I could do this forever, but we yeah. should talk business. Yeah. All right. So, uh, what are we going to talk? Oh, we're going to talk about three things. All right. Number one, the markets. What's going on there? What do I think? What would I suggest? And to hear what you guys suggest. I would suggest Boston Market. <laughs> Is that still delicious? A thing? Yeah. I would actually not suggest Boston Market. I used to work at a Boston Market. I would suggest. Really? Yeah, it's terrible. Oh, really? Uh, then we'll, that probably ruins it for you. Boston accent. What? Did you ever affect a Boston accent? No. Where do you think Stephen writes from? <laughs> Is he from Boston? Boston? He's a Boston guy. I'm pretty sure, I think. I'm going to look that Sounds up. Sounds like it. Seems like it. An energy. Uh, th- then we're going to talk about um, cancel culture, right? So there's a whole bunch going on in the world uh, there, There's that where people are basically... Cancel culture is basically where uh, someone does something wrong 
uh, as I understand it, but I've never even looked this up. I just hear about cancel culture where some someone does something morally offensive or morally repugnant, and everyone uh, kicks that person out. Boston, Stephen yeah, Wright. Stephen Wright, born in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Oh, Cambridge, smart dude. Sam, 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 especially in the podcast audio only version of B knows. I just hear Stephen Wright. That's right. <laughs> Is it, is it the, 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 the tone or the cadence or what is it exactly? I'm actually going to read the Stephen Wright Wikipedia description, which I think nails it. For those who don't know, Stephen Wright was a famous comedian in the 90s, right? Is, is to, to this, this day. day, remains, I would suggest, a famous comedian. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he is known for distinctively lethargic voice and slow deadpan delivery of ironic, philosophical, and sometimes nonsensical jokes. We could just change the name of that Wikipedia page to Sam Prickett. Yeah. I think Sam Pickett, Prickett is like a, a, a re-embodiment, a reincarnation. <laughs> Maybe. While he still lives. He's yeah. a cl- that's a clone. <laughs> there you that's go. That's a true oh. clone. I don't know if Kareem's actually a clone of CB. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're uh, working on it. <laughs> You're in the labs. You're getting hair samples, and they're doing some DNA. genetic splicing. I'm trying to get some of his hair. Is the only difference? Yeah, <laughs> You're bald and gross. Oh, oh my oh. gosh, Sam. Well, okay, hilarious. Got vicious real quick. <laughs> they can anyway, do that to each other. Where do you come up with these bricks? <laughs> hey, 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 boiling hatred. <laughs> All right, we'll stop. We'll stop by cancel culture. Yeah. We're gonna talk cancel culture and how I think. It's going to be infecting the business world, as we're seeing with the Trump-Bezos, let's get ready to rumble, battle that's happening right now. I'd pay top dollar to watch that on pay-per-view. Mm. You don't have to. It's happening in the New York Times and Washington Post every day. That, that's fake news. Even better. <laughs> fake news. Uh, according to but, Trump, it but is But Amir, what is cancel culture? Yeah, so, so I, I, actually, I don't know. What I, what I understand cancel culture to be is these examples of people we're seeing like Louis C.K. or someone else who does something morally repugnant, and then uh, the media will kind of go on the offensive and be like, hey, you can't come out and do your work, your art. You can no longer be the CEO. You can no longer be. It works basically on everyone except Donald Trump. Damn. Mm. <laughs> Roseanne. <laughs> Perfect example. Roseanne. Mm-hmm. Right? Where ABC canceled her based on her racist tweet of uh, Obama being a... No. No, uh, it was some some actress. No, no. It was, it was Obama's... Uh, Valerie Jarrett. Obama's uh, former, like, staff... Head staff or something like that. Yeah. I forgot what she said. Something about... Um, some monkey joke. Planet of the Apes. Muslim Brotherhood monkey joke. Or something. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, it, I think that's right. It was a Planet of the Apes reference. Yeah. But I mean, people got mad at her, which, like, I mean, I, I still like Roseanne. She's crazy. She's always been crazy. And then she does crazy bullshit. But also, like, people, she was like, I was on, you know, a, what was she on? Her show, ABC, Roseanne. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. But she was on a drug, not a bill of Oh, yeah, yeah. She uh, was on Ambient. Ambient? Ambient. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she was like, oh, I'm sorry. And people were like, that's no excuse for racism. But also, like, people have taken Ambient and then, like, woken up and then, like, killed people and Whoa. then not remembered it and then have gotten off in court because they were, like, on a drug that does that. So what you're saying is, thank God that's all she tweeted. Yeah, yeah. She could have did way worse. That oh, was Tiger okay, Woods' yeah. problem. Ambien. Oh, is that right? Ambien sex. Ambien. That's what he'd like to do. He'd like to get like 16 hookers and have Ambien. And, and then Elon got pissed and threw a golf club through the window. And right. It was bad. Yeah, that that was that was one of the biggest divorce settlements ever. That was really selfish of her. I'm just saying. I mean, the golf club? The golf club through the window? Come on. 
I think he ended up crashing the car in the driveway. Or yeah, something. that didn't, was all. Didn't he time. hit like a fire hydrant? Something like that. But it was like an, it was that was all Ambien induced. He blames the whole thing on Ambien. Does anyone realize that the people who are taking the Ambien are actually making a choice to take Ambien, knowing that there's going to be possible consequences? That's Have true. you ever seen a person in like a, an Ambien sleepwalking? I've seen it. No, it, it, it's intense. I mean, meaning what? just gone, like no, yeah, like they're there. They'll be there and they'll be standing and walking and talking, and their eyes are open, but like they are not there. Ooh. Yeah, no, I've seen it happen. Sounds like. The, their uh, soul's wings have been clipped or something. Yeah, a, and that's perfectly legal, but marijuana is, you know. <laughs> Can't let them have that cool. plant. So cancel culture, we're going to talk about how it's now, um, it's wreaking havoc in the state of Virginia. And we'll talk about that. And, and then how it's basically playing out with Jeff Bezos and Donald Trump right now. And, and basically what that means for the market and for stocks and, and what to possibly look for in the next several months couple of years and then we'll talk about the trade war uh march 1st is quickly approaching march 1st is a trump induced uh deadline for the trade war to be some sort of you know agreement to happen by march 1st otherwise we double our tariffs 200 or billion dollars yeah tariffs go from 10 percent to 25 percent on 200 billion of goods basically you know a shitty situation becomes way becomes more like you know explosive diarrhea when does the government shut down again? February fifteenth next week. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so it shut down. It's shutting down again. It's scheduled to shut them. down. They, oh the if, if they don't the opening it, it back up, they only opened it till February fifteenth. If they don't fund, if they don't pass a funding bill, a more permanent funding bill by February fifteenth, they close down again. And, and everybody's kind of gotten further away from compromising on the actual issue. Yeah. If so. any corporation functioned like this, they would just stop being. We a just wouldn't have that product Correct. anymore. No one would. Yeah. This, yeah. you know, or maybe their financiers would stop lending them trillions of dollars to keep operating at very somehow, low interest rates. Oh, somehow weird. we, yeah, exactly. We still are able to fund our government despite all this bullshit. That's what happens when you've got all the gold, guys. Yep. So those are the things we're talking about: markets, cancel culture. How it pertains to businesses and the trade war. Let's get into it. So markets. So so uh, the market was puking its guts out in the at the end of September, at the end of 2018, October, November, December 2018. Market was just puking its guts out. It was down like 10 plus percent. Nasdaq was down even more. It was not pretty. And here we are in 2019, and it's it's that moment where Sam and I were talking about this. It's that moment where you puke your guts out. And you walk away from the toilet bowl, and you're like, oh, oh, my mouth doesn't taste very good, but uh, I feel you had a lot the, you better. You felt false alarm. You get that like, oh, I'm good. I got I'm it good. all out. And then you stand up, and yeah. you start walking away. And you're like, oh, no. I think this is the oh, no moment. I think this is the false alarm moment. I think that there's too much shit that's going to possibly happen. There's too many shoes that can possibly fall um, for, for, for this to go on much longer. So... As usual, so so should I get into that now? No, not yet. So so what I'm saying is, I think that we're taking a little bit of a breather from our puking, but we're gonna be heading right back for the toilet soon. Does that mean don't invest? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that, um, you know, by the puke, by, by the puke, right? I'm saying that always continue to invest, even when you see the market potentially puking. Just don't put all your eggs. In that basket, unless it's Bitcoin, and then in that all case, of, yeah, all bets are off. Mm-hmm. Put all your money in Bitcoin. No, um, so yeah, so so I'm saying continue investing. We talk about here the sixty twenty twenty rule. 
uh, where 20% of your money before it even hits your bank account should be going into the market, like SPY, an index fund. You, you know, and that, that's building up your stash. Um, so, so I would say continue doing that 20%. If you have more cash, leave that powder dry because darker days will likely come. And when those darker days come... No one likes wet powder. Exactly. What, wet powder is useless. useless. Have you ever tried to use wet powder? Wet, wet powder yes. turns to paste. You know, once it becomes wet, it is no longer powder. Correct. It is paste. Mm-hmm. Which is also useless. It can uh, be you could use it smuggling. to make walls, to build a foundation. What a positive guy. You're yeah. right. We can use paste mm-hmm. for many things. <laughs> you can eat it. I eat a lot of paste. I was in my special schools. In yeah. my in my this is art my, class, second grade. My little classes. Yeah. Mm. With uh, people like me, other special kids. I finally understand you now. Mm-hmm. This explains a lot. Yeah, I've been retarded this entire time. That's the <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan twist of it all. <laughs> that M. Night Shyamalan gets me every time. <laughs> Is that how you keep from getting canceled, Sam? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just to use that excuse. Mm-hmm. And Sam doesn't wait for people to discover it. He just announces it preemptively. Like, mm-hmm. wait, wait. Before I say what I'm going to say. Yeah, like Kevin Spacey, be like, hey, you rape people. He's like, oh, I was gay the entire time. It's like that, but, you know, the R word. I feel like that is probably the best excuse there is. Yeah. That's better than being, you know, being um, a minority who's allowed to say the N word. That's better than being gay. That's the ultimate excuse. What a weird example. A minority that's allowed, like, that's the one. What? Well, if you're white and you say the N word, your life and career are over. True. Oh, you meant yeah, not. You okay. meant non. Did you? You didn't mean minority. If you're a minority and you say the N word, it's not a big deal. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. But if you're white, your life's over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you're retarded and white, it does, that's it cool. also doesn't Again? matter. Yeah. I don't think so. You get yeah. a, you get away with shit. Yeah. Let's get out of jail free card. Yeah, get out of jail free card. <laughs> so well done. You you've used your card, Sam. You can no longer use it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but you just pull it back when you're done. The the card. Yeah, that's right. You no, you have to give it in. You have to submit. Just because expire. I have a mental have a disability, printer. you can't hold me back, man. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna. Yeah, so. you get that that tarred strength. It's really hard to hold him. All right, that was too far. What are we talking across the line? <laughs> I think we were talking about Bitcoin. Mark, Sam, you Mark, are not that strong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I missed that whole interaction. There, I was mm-hmm. thinking about markets for a second. So back to markets. So so um. Uh, so keep, uh, did keep you investing. see Donald Trump's tweet last month? I love this. So uh, I th- what's it with the Dow was something at like twenty k, right? When it was down, well, no, no, no Dow's right now is twenty five, twenty six. Uh, right? So where, where where is it right now? Maybe it's twenty five. It's yeah. twenty five. Okay, so so I think is that right? Yeah, yeah. So so I think like it, for the first time ever, the Dow Jones Industrial Average hit twenty five k like January twenty eighteen. And then, you know, January was an interesting year, fell back a little bit, rallied towards the end of the year. And then December kind of kind of shit the bed. And then we've had like the best January ever up like 10 percent and went back over 25K. And like the irony is that like to the day, one year after Donald Trump sent, sent the exact same tweet celebrating Dow Jones 25K. When, in fact, that really just accentuates that for one year, the Dow went absolutely nowhere. Nowhere. <laughs> it just, yeah, came back to 25K. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, But, uh... It's, 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 he likes to basically take a lot of credit when the economy's doing well and blame others when it's not doing well. But the fact of the matter is, in my opinion, the president does not have a huge impact on on the economy or the markets. I think, I think the... the I think uh, the Fed has a much bigger impact on markets and, and the economy. I think... Technology and innovation, 
And I think the global economy, like China slowing down, that's what we're experiencing right now is China slowing down. You don't, people don't realize American companies, huge amounts of their revenue, gotta be at least a third, if not 50%, huge amounts of American revenue come from foreign sales, like selling to China, selling to Brazil, India, Russia, so on. So like we need these countries. And and so anyway, we're going to talk about trade later. But the point there is, in my opinion, like the global economy slowing down means the markets, I think, are going to basically, you know, have another shoot. There's going to be another shoot drop potentially. Keep investing. But, you know, that 20 percent that I like to talk about. But don't put all your stash yeah. in. You just got back to the couch. You you felt a little bit better, and you're starting to think, "Oh shit, is this going to happen again?" Right. And the last two days seems to think it might. Right. We've had a couple. Exactly. We had a couple yeah. tough days. I would take. I I think that this president has had a bigger direct impact on markets than the average president. For sure. And I think there's two reasons why. I think the first is, uh, uh, I do think the uh, tax policy that was passed last year, and, and I, I have a lot of issues with that tax policy, but I do think that led to a direct short-term windfall to the stock yep. market. Yep. And I think that did uh, boost the U.S. market last year. And I think the second thing is a combination of regulatory decisions that the executive branch does get to make, and basically this regulatory environment is non-existent. Like, we're not going to find any if you look at like epa fines there's been like none since donald trump took over right which basically means go ahead dump chemicals into lake michigan we're, and we're not going to do anything about right. it and that does also lead to short-term economic boom yep. and then uh and then the last thing and this is a scary thing is these uh, extremely aggressive trade decisions that the current administration has made based on what they're calling national security so like based on the national security threat from canada we right. won't we won't we're charging tariffs on like metals Dairy. going over the border yeah. to Canada. So uh, the president has been pretty aggressive at calling and some of them is like somewhat legitimate, like with China. Some of it is yeah. stealing technology yep. and that is perhaps legitimate. Uh, but but I think that a lot of the China slowdown is a direct result of these tariffs, which were a direct result of the uh, executive administration. Yep, you're right. Actually, you're right. Trump has had more of an impact than most others. You're and, right. uh, and and I do think the reckoning of like you know, okay, we're going to let them dump chemicals into the ocean, and we're going to let them, uh, we're going to cut their taxes. Like that does have a short term effect that's wearing off. At the same time, uh, as the uh, negative effects of the tariffs are starting to take their hold in in China and Europe, and um, that's hurting the economy. That's why we uh, feel like we got to get back to the toilet. That's exactly right. Here for a good time, not a long time. Yeah, that's right. That's that's Trump. That's a Trump philosophy. Uh, here we go. Twenty twenty. Can't wait, huh? Um, so yeah, that's Marcus. The the other thing I I had this story and I want to talk about this. I was at a I was at a Chicago Public Library recently um, doing a little work, and uh, I asked the guy, Hey, uh, you know, I lost my Wall Street Journal. Do you guys have a copy here? He's like, Oh, you know, I found one on the floor right here. I'm like, That's my copy. You know, I dropped it. I dropped it when I was coming out of the bathroom. Guy gives me. He's like, So well, you got any hot stock tips? I'm like, uh, not really. I'm more of a long-term kind of guy. I, I tried to play the stock tips for a few years, actually like five or ten years, and I just, I made, I, I had a, a couple big wins, and I, everything else lost money. You know, I was like, so I just become a long-term guy. I just put the money in before it hits my bank account, and I just let it build over over time. He's like, pulls, pulling out his phone. He's like, look at this one. Bought it at two dollars. It's now forty. I'm like, whoa, good job, guy. He's like, look at this, Sharp. Remember those TVs? They sucked for so long. Apple came out and said they're going to use their screens. I bought it at $5. Now it's 30 
I'm like, congrats, man. This is great. And so he showed me all his winners, you know? And I'm like, uh, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, damn, like I, maybe I should get back into stock picking and gambling, you know? Because that's what I think it is, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And and in the end, I, in the end, I didn't challenge him. I was like, I need to just hurry up and go read my damn journal, you know? Um, he also but, sounds like the most annoying guy to ever come across. <laughs> I would hate that. Look who I saw. I made money. I, I, had to keep, I had to keep looking him in the eye and be like, you going to show me another one right now? Like, what's going on here, dude? You know? Oh, yeah. But he was a nice guy. His name was, I think his name was Michael. Um, and so it just made me think, like... Did he I, pitch you his RIA? You know, he's a, probably a registered independent advisor. He's looking for your uh, Yeah, your trying, to, trying to get me some money. You know, he's... he's he, if, if he does that on the side... Uh, I don't know. Basically, I think the guy is a librarian. Uh, this guy, he's this. This guy is a librarian, but he's really some sort of you know major investment uh, baron <laughs> or something. But, but anyway, so like it made me think like, yo, I actually don't. I went through the whole experience of day trading and trying to pick names and doing all that, and I realized like, I'm not on the inside of a lot of these companies. I'm not one of these hedge fund guys who kind of knows what's going on inside of a company, and so I. I feel like I wanted to just announce like, yo, I don't believe in day trading. I think it's gambling. And so my whole strategy is like this whole 20% stash. Build that stash, build that stash, build that stash. I'm just not into the day trading. So if you're a person listening or looking for stock tips, I ain't got nothing for you. If you if you do like the long-term play, that's what I can help you with. Is like, you know, kind of encourage you to continue to put that money away in stash. I mean, I, I love to. I love to say, like, like according to our stock market returns the last hundred years, if you have, let's say, ten grand in the market today, it will double in seven years, approximately. That's what it's historically been the last hundred years. And it so will only double if you have ten grand. No, any amount. Any of money. amount. <laughs> Why would you say? <laughs> Excellent question, Sam. Oh, you're, oh, you're asking? <laughs> no, no, I mean it was it was half. It was ha it was mostly joking. You said you said specifically if you have ten grand, it'll double. Yeah. Any amount. It seemed, uh, you know, if you were you in the stock grand, market, it'll be, yes. uh, you know, twenty grand in seven years. If you have twelve grand, you're three dollars. It what goes you down. Got. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. That's an interesting bet, Amr. I might take you on uh, the S and P five hundred uh, today. <laughs> Uh, uh, February seventh, uh, whatever eighth. What is today? February eighth, twenty twenty six. I'm not sure that you're gonna double from here. Yeah, I, I probably actually, I would not take that bet from you because I actually agree with you. Mm. If you put ten grand in today, today only, it will not double. But tomorrow, <laughs> no. But here's a strategy: if you put twenty percent in every week, you get paid each month into each year. You will have declines, recessions, they'll go up. And so maybe not in this seven-year window, it'll double. But over a period of time, it'll average out to doubling every seven years. So you might have to wait 14 years. You'll have four times your money, right? Because it'll be seven years and seven years. You'll have four times. You'll have 40 grand. But to get to that 40 grand, it was kind of bumpy. And it took a lot of faith and trust. Well, wouldn't it, I mean, if you're doing consistent inputs of your 20% each month, um, the compounding, compounding would actually increase the rate with which it's increasing. So it would potentially double faster than that. Exactly. It could. Well, I mean, I think the seven years average I mean, that's just like 10 compound. grand, bam, seven years, it's 20 grand. 
Yeah. But if it's ten grand with two hundred bucks every month, then like, that's gonna yeah. speed up. There's the additional contributions yeah. in there, which yes. are obviously adding to your whole. Yeah. I think there's two things. I think Amr the sixty twenty twenty is a great breakout of what you should do on a monthly basis or weekly basis. I think at some point it would be really interesting. Maybe this is a whole separate episode, but like allocating the stash and then talk about rebalancing that existing portfolio. And yeah, that's a whole, more, whole different can of worms. I think that's more what you're talking about, Chris, like that piece. Once it's in there, just doubling from today is totally different than plus you're continuing to contribute more and more. Right. Month. I think um, you should uh, throw all your cash in the ocean and let the tides bring you more. So that's that, my little that's, financial tip. That's real faith. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stock that's market. what I have. Stock market is. I'm a man of faith. That's how that he too? got that sweater. <laughs> <laughs> is that what washed up one day? Yeah, it's mostly coral. <laughs> Lake Michigan? Uh-huh. It's made of coral. 100% fully recyclable plastic. Mm-hmm. Can yeah. you just make sure that when we talk about It was about actually sweater, washed up. It was choking a turtle to death. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I took it off the turtle. Mercy killed the turtle. <laughs> And then now, I, now I'm wearing, and then I just came from there. My the hands EPA, are still wet. The EPA was supposed to save that turtle, and they didn't. Sam I, had to do it. I think we should nickname. We should we should rename you Sam Compassion Prigget. Yes. Can you make sure every time Sam we talk about his sweater, killer Sam Compassion? Can you make sure we switch to his the camera to his sweater every time we talk about it? It's good. Thank you very much. We we need people to see um, this. Uh, sight. N- not even him. Just the sweater just fills up the whole. Yeah, screen. no. no Neck cut, down. Yeah. Neck down. Blur my face out. I don't want people to know I do this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Especially your mom. Yeah, she listened to one. And she was like, what? "Hey, I listened to one." Oh, no. I was like, "Oh," and then she didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> the phone went silent for ten seconds. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't heard from her since. This was a year ago. I think she killed herself. That's probably there. hey, uh, a little too far. Yep, yep, yep. yep. <laughs> Please text your mom after this show. Yeah, if you don't, I will. Oh, hey. hey. <laughs> Didn't mean it that way. Mm-hmm. You're going to text your get Bezos texter. You're going to get hey. blackmail. Hey. Oh. Oh. Also too far. All right. We'll get to him in just a second. Mm-hmm. So those are markets. That's compounding. That's allocation of the 20%. I like to talk about just put it in SPY, an index fund. Uh, God, you know, may he rest in peace, John Bogle, the inventor, the creator of the index fund. I think that was the best thing that ever happened in terms of saving people, saving investors' fees. Um, but yeah, so I, I think the message I'm trying to impart, my opinion here is, is keep investing. It looks like we're kind of running into a burning building, but it's okay if you if you have a long term plan and you keep putting money in every every so often, uh, it builds over time. Our government is set up in a way to make sure they do everything they can to keep the stock market marching higher year after year, decade after decade. Uh, so that's that's what I'm that's what I'm proposing. It's like that old saying, you stand in a burning building long enough, they'll eventually build a new building. So that's a little that's a little pricket wisdom. Can mm. we have a segment on the show called Pricket Wisdom? I think we just got it right there. Yeah. Can mm. we mention that uh, Sam was raised in a house of meth? Or meth house. That, uh, the house was made of meth. It's made of meth. <laughs> and a very straight laced parents. I mean, we just we were we were poor. That's what we could afford, you know. The, they they drywalled, they drywalled the uh, they they pasted the drywall with meth paste. That's what they. Yeah. All right, that was too hard. With wet you try, powder. You tried really hard with that wet paste. Oh, wet powder and meth. Old yeah. wet powder and meth prick. Can you just throw a? a we need. To, 
My my jokes have a, a wet brown sweater thrown all over them. Mm. Oh man, I'm trying mm. too hard again. <laughs> <laughs> I think Ted's checking his watch right now. Like, when is this fucking thing over? <laughs> all right, no. so that's the markets, uh, and that's day trading. Um, now, Ted, you brought up something before that I thought was interesting. You're like, hey, Amr, awesome idea with with um, the stash and the twenty percent. People can think about that as their denominator. Um, as 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 that number goes up, uh, they're feeling more secure as time goes on. They're going to be able to retire and feel like, oh man, I've got three hundred grand or five hundred grand, six hundred grand that I because I invested uh, over time. But you said, hey, wait a minute, what? Do, why don't people think also about the numerator? And I've been hesitant to bring that up because I'm like, yo, we're in America, hugely materialistic culture. Um, it's tricky to start talking on an investment podcast about people spending less money or watching their expenses more. But I like the way you brought it up. So what, what was your point about how people can actually, um, you know, wisely be, be, be more financially secure and financially wise yeah. if they look at more of their numerator, their expenses? So like what, we, what I used to tell people, my clients when I managed money for rich people at Goldman Sachs was they'd ask me, how much money can I spend every year? And I'd say... And this is sort of a rule of thumb of investment. If you've retired and you've got a giant stash, right? Rule of thumb of how much of that stash can you spend every year? And in retirement, while you're in retirement? While you're in retirement and have that stash stay there, right? Not so these are mostly retired people that are asking that question. Yeah, uh, or super rich people who... And, 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 the, and the answer that we would give in this sort of a rule of thumb is like a 4% number. Right? Oh, okay. And so you can spend... If you've got $100 million in the bank, you can spend $4 million a year and... Keep doing that forever. You okay. you you would have clients who had a hundred million dollars, and you'd give them that advice and say, "Spend your four million dollars a year." Yeah, that, that, and that's very common, by the way. Like if you're a if you're a university and you've got an endowment that's supposed to last forever, right. their rule of thumb is usually four or five percent a year Budget, is what they right. will spend of their of their giant pool of money that's supposed to last forever. So if you think about us as individuals, right? We're working, we're taking our money every week, we're putting our twenty percent into our stash. And the hope is someday we can stop working and do what we want. Maybe right. that's sit at the beach. Maybe that's make a movie, be a comedian. Who knows? Right. But um, uh, that four percent number, and I think a lot of people uh, are thinking like, well, if I just win the Powerball, and my denominator, I've got a hundred million dollars. Four million bucks is plenty, and I'll be fine. Um, well, I worked at Goldman Sachs, and some of my clients who did not have a hundred million dollars, I paid their Amex bill for them, and they were managing to spend four hundred grand a month. On their Amex bill, which is, you know, $4.8 million a year, which means they were spending more than that. You can spend as much. People will spend as much money as you want to spend. There's no shortage of how much money you can spend. And I think that people spend a lot of time worried about building up that denominator, mm. that $100 million pot, and not enough time thinking about that numerator. Mm. How do I control my spending? Mm. And um, how, do I, how do I reduce the $4.8 I'm spending per year? Right. And so like one way you could do that is instead of renting an apartment, you could buy an apartment and then uh, pay down a mortgage over 20 years. And now you don't have to pay rent anymore. Yep. Right. So you've lowered that numerator. That's one. That's actually a big step that takes you closer to retirement than waiting to win the Powerball. Right. Right. Um, uh, and so Frank, buy, buying buying your real estate that you're going to live in, for example. Buying real estate, right? Everyone should go into farming, is what you're saying. Well, so that would be the next step, right? Like, what are your expenses? And and this is very individual and very specific, but uh, in a lot of American society, consumer-based society that you talk about, Amr, is 
go buy what you want and just spend, spend, spend. I would suggest if you really want raspberries, you should plant some raspberries in your bush because raspberries at Whole Foods are three ninety nine. They might be four ninety nine next year. They could be six ninety nine in five years. If I've got a raspberry bush, I don't need to buy any raspberries. My numerator has gone down, and that actually made my stash, my, the requirements of my stash would be lower. I wouldn't need as much money in the denominator to retire. So starting to get smart about your individual life, so what you guys don't know who are listening is Ted is an award-winning uh, raspberry and blueberry pie chef. My mom is. My oh, mom really? My mom is Has the she pie won chef. Awards? What award? The she Nobel had, Peace Prize? She's won a couple pie contests. Really? Uh, yeah, there, there are a handful. Of, there are pie contests out there, and she has won several. She's won a berry pie contest, at least one, and she's won two apple pie contests. Damn. So she's she's a very good pie maker. I'm not going to lie. I want to have one of her pies right now. Yeah, well, oh, we're so. happy to try them on the show. If <laughs> well, we'll do that. We call them Dye's Pies, um, and Dye's they pie. are excellent. We'll link Ooh. in the show notes. Yeah, but... Uh, um, I actually want her to open a pie shop. Of course, in, in that's the city. obvious, right? It's a no-brainer. But uh, but part of the problem is the input costs and in making pies are highly variable. In the summer, if you're making your blueberry and raspberry pies, blueberries and raspberries are really expensive. Yes. And no no joke, my mom's pies take about forty five dollars of berries on some days. One pie. One pie because wow. it'll literally be it'll literally be four or five pints of blueberries and four or five pints of raspberries and at like four or five bucks a pint you know times four sixteen thirty two that's thirty two dollars of berries it's expensive yep. Yep. that's an expensive pie and uh, so uh, so that's why I planted the raspberries and, and so the now blueberries. You, so yeah so you've inherited the the blueberry pie raspberry pie uh, I've got the recipe yeah the and secret you, you is not them. in the berries the secret's in the crust guys that's what oh. makes the pie it's all about the crust but I'll make a pie for you and it'll be delicious I can't wait but, but so you've actually planted raspberry and blueberry bushes uh, in on your property on my homestead uh, which is the Riley family I've got six kids so I, food is a big input for right, me right. so we planted uh, yeah, raspberry one pie, one pie ain't gonna do it for six kids no 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 we've got multiple raspberry uh, and blueberry bushes planted in the yard and the idea is to try to yield as many pies out of the garden <laughs> you should figure out how to plant some kind of a diaper tree or something like that because I, yeah. I, I, we have two kids and we're, we're going through tons of diapers I can't imagine six kids we should I, yeah so now I've been composting you know to, to, yeah. I'm actually thinking like maybe I should get recyclable diapers and just like use human compost waste which actually is now legal Legal again. That's interesting. It was illegal would you, for Would you use cloth Thank diapers? Thank God. Yeah. I've been, I've been yeah. breaking the law. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not going to do cloth diapers. No way. No. No, that's way too much work. But, um, but uh, yeah, no. So, so like, whatever your thing is, right? Maybe you're not into pies. Maybe you like a, a good uh, 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 rye whiskey every night, you know? And you're right. buying a handle of whiskey a week. That's 40 bucks a week times 50 weeks a year that's two g's a year you're spending on whiskey maybe you should figure out how to get a still and make your own whiskey sam you paying attention to this yeah yeah this, this could change your financial life forever oh tobacco a couple tobacco plants and, and a whiskey uh, plant and a whiskey sam, still sam oh, may never, reckless alcohol sam may never free. leave his house again well you could become the proprietor of <laughs> sam prickett still and all of a sudden you're selling whiskey to other people it's like a profit center <laughs> tax me could you do my podcast tomorrow <laughs> sorry i'm sitting in a dark room drinking homemade whiskey it's making me very sick <laughs> <laughs> i don't need your podcast yeah. anymore i got unlimited whiskey yeah yeah oh. uh so that's talking about the numerator, numerator. i keep like your that. numerator keep your numerator low look, look, so basically it's almost like look at your look at what you're spending your money on and ask yourself 
wh- how can I get more do it yourself with this thing that I spend so much money on? You might actually like your home still rye more than that forty dollar bullet rye that of you're buying. You will. Of course you will. You might. I. I've got to like your blueberries. From my experience, more. I enjoy my blueberries a lot more than Whole Foods. Of course. Yeah. Because you're tailoring it to you. Yeah. Well, and you know. Yeah, then there's all kinds of stuff. You know all kinds. The truth is I go to Whole Foods. Some days I like the raspberries and some days I'm like, what are these They're raspberries? Crappy. Where the right. hell do they come from? Yeah, you know. You make it yourself. So I think that's a big thing. In American consumerism, we don't do that at all. We no. don't at all think about like, no. what do I spend my money on? How could I not spend money on that? Ted, I got a question for you. So a lot of my friends have bought apartments or houses or whatever, and they all inevitably end up moving to another house, another town or whatever. Mm. And it seems like a nightmare and it seems like they end up losing money. Um, you know, myself as an artist, I, I'm hesitant to buy anything because I'm like, I don't know where I'm going to end up. L.A., Berlin, mm. Austin, um, Atlanta. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on temporary yeah. ways to... Uh, so this is this is my thought on that, and I've actually advised my brother to do this. He has not listened. Um, I honestly think uh, paying rent is fine, but I think that in the United States of America, a homeowner's mortgage is like the greatest gift to Americans. That's something that we don't take advantage of or we don't appreciate to the extent. Um, so what I would suggest is buy something someplace that you could rent out to somebody else. Or live in a van. You can live in a van. That's Down fine. Down by the river. Down by the river. But like, so that's what Chris and I did. When we finally, uh, my wife and I got married and we bought a place and we knew it wasn't forever. Like there was no way we were going to stay there forever. But we intentionally bought a place that was very, we knew it would be easy to rent out. We knew that there would be, always be demand there. It was close to university, close to where a lot of people lived. And um, uh, uh, we bought that place. We rented out and uh, somebody else pays that mortgage. Which means in 30 so, years... So you live there will, temporarily, almost like for two, three, four years. Yep. And you knew like, all right, well, it doesn't make sense to sell this thing after two, three years with all the broker fees and everything else. Yep. So let's just keep it and buy another place. We'll rent this place out. It'll pay itself. Yep. And, and, that's, and that's worked out well for us. Now you got to be smart about what you buy and make sure that it, you know, the rental market would justify carrying the cost and paying somebody to maintain right. it and, and, and to rent it out for you. But, um, but I strongly, I mean, that's just one example. And to your point, Chris, every individual is slightly different and maybe it does or doesn't make sense for them. But whether it's your residence, I mean, that's a big expense for everybody. Healthcare is a big expense for everybody. Uh, food is a big expense for everybody. Transportation is a big expense right. for everybody. Any of these, you just look at however you spend your money and uh, what is the biggest line item that you can control somehow. And it might be that part of your investment is I'm going to invest $1,000 this year into a still and learning how to make my whiskey to save $2,000 next year on whiskey and $2,000 into perpetuity. Um, that's just that's one example. I think that the whole point is that numerator. Anything you can do. And, and again, it's very individualistic where you spend the money. and how. Um, so so if, if you do have, for example, Chris, what I'm going to get it from Ted, which I think makes sense. If you do have the income to support let's say buying a $150,000 condo or $200,000 condo. That actually makes sense to do right now. Live in it for a year, two years, five years, however long you're in Chicago. But you could have the, you could feel flexible to say, well, I bought it in Wrigleyville. I know it's going to rent easily in Wrigleyville. So if I got to move to Atlanta tomorrow, I'm going to up and, up and leave, rent it out or Airbnb it out, and it'll pay itself. Yeah. Part of it is, part of it is, it's, and, and this is a this is a this is probably a higher level, but I, uh, and we've talked about last time I was on the show interest rates, and I think that it's a thing that people don't appreciate. 
interest rates are like at an all-time ridiculously low level and have been for about 10 years. Right. And uh, it was my grandfather, when he came back from World War II, there's this brief time in the 1950s when you could go get a mortgage at like 5%. And then basically from the 1960s and 70s all the way up until the 1980s, you could not get a mortgage for less than 13, 14, right. 17% interest rates. Right. And uh, and then in in the wake of the financial crisis, the mortgage financial crisis of 2008, interest rates went back down sub 5%. They're right now just at that 5% right. level. Like right. that's kind of where they are today. And I would suggest that within 10 years, they'll be back to 10 or 20%, at which point buying real estate will not be as lucrative as right. it is today. Right. But today you can buy, you, I can borrow money from somebody at 5%. Buy a residency or a residence and rent it out to somebody at at like a seven or eight percent of what the cost of the house. That's how much usually what rent is seven or eight percent. They call it a cap rate. Um, uh, what the rent per year is less what it costs to buy the place, and that's a you're making free two percent borrowing money from bacon five, getting paid seven by the renters. I'm putting two percent in my pocket forever. Yeah, that makes sense, I, and I agree. I think interest rates are still ridiculously low. And now's the time to be uh, buying real estate if someone wanted to do something like that. Uh, so, so let's, uh, let's wrap that up. So the markets, uh, that was the markets and, and what's going on there. Um, let's move on to cancel culture and how it's going to possibly affect the markets, companies, people who invest in individual companies. Um, so this is something happening in, in, in the culture in general and pop culture, right? Um, we're seeing it happen right now. So it happened with Roseanne or Louis CK or others. Louis CK is actually, Making an effort to make a comeback, which it seems like is actually uh, catching steam. I think he's got. I think he's got a good chance. Um, but but like it's happening in Virginia right now, the state of Virginia. Have you guys heard about this? Blackface. Yeah. So so the governor of Virginia. I'll explain this a little bit, and then we'll move, and then we'll we'll apply it to Bezos and Trump, and then we'll apply it to how it uh, you know pertains to individual companies and what I think what I think we're going to start seeing in the business world with corporate executives. Um, so. This guy, Ralph Northam, is the governor of Virginia, and he's a Democrat, which in Virginia, if you know Virginia, Virginia is still the South, and that carries some pretty uh, heavy ancestral you know, baggage. We got some stuff. Like, what, though? Like, everyone talks about, you know, the South has some shady history, but I, I really don't know what happened there. In the South? Yeah. There's something called the Civil War. Huh. The War of Northern Oppression. <laughs> exactly. Where the North was oppressing the South. Yes. Right. It was Northern aggression or oppression? Aggr aggression. <laughs> I think it is aggression. I'm very stupid. All right. As long as, you, as, long as you're not mentally incapacitated. You're uh, not stupid. You're, incapacitated. you're the R word, I thought. <laughs> really cool? I don't know. Chris can't say the word. <laughs> nice try, Sam. Um, so Ralph Northam, uh, a picture was uncovered of Ralph, this governor, Again, he was a Democrat, which kind of makes him, I think, in my eyes, a moderate. I, allegedly, uh, it's in dispute whether the picture is of him. But it, it was it was a picture on his page, his personal page of his medical school yearbook. yearbook? yearbook. Yeah. On, yeah. He's in a picture. He has since denied that he's in the picture. Correct. But he, he has since also said. So, so anyway, let me take a step back. So a picture, is, a picture is uncovered of this guy in his yearbook, supposedly. With uh, two other people in the picture, I believe. One wearing... Another person. There's two oh, people. No, yeah. there's two people. There's two people in the picture. Yeah, yeah. No, there's three people in the picture. No, no, no. There's two people in the picture. There's two people. One blackface, one KKK. Is he, one, is he supposed to be one of those two? 
He denies being either one of them. Uh, okay, so, so there's a picture that he's supposedly in. One is blackface, which, as we all know, as many people know, blackface is uh, 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 black paint put on a person with uh, exaggerated, um, uh, like lips, exaggerated uh, facial features to to be like a black person. So instead of the theater hiring a black person, they'll have a white person who looks like a black person, and it's kind of like demeaning, um, demeaning African Americans, of course. So. He's someone's wearing black. They say imitation is flattery, though you know. So well, no, I, and actually, there's two two important, I think, distinctions. Uh, one is it wasn't just white people depicting black people, and many many African American performers were also forced to put on blackface. I didn't know that they performed. Hilarious. What? Well, it, it's not hilarious. It's part of it is overtly demeaning, and it was meant to be exceptionally demeaning. Um, and and the history of it is really really vicious and, and not good. But yeah, um, yeah, there was something about like I can laugh at the black guy if he puts black stuff on his face. Ridiculous. And, I'd feel weird if it was just him being him. Um, so so nineteen so is a nineteen eighty four picture. This is twenty. This is twenty five years ago, right? 1984, and Ralph, our friend here, is now apparently denying it. Though he has come out and said, I have worn blackface before. He did say that. that yeah. he, he he's admitted to blackface for a Michael Jackson impression that he did. Uh-huh. And then, no, why, no, why that was do a diff- that, That was a different though? person, I believe. No, that's, that's no, that the governor. Him. That's the governor. Okay, maybe that that is that the is governor of Virginia. I thought it was someone else. Why are you like, hey, that's not me in the picture. But just to be clear, I absolutely, like, why lie and then be like. <laughs> Bizarre. Yeah, so, I think he thinks of it as like I'm not lying because if I because the time that I did do it, I, I, I yeah. No, I think I think he admitted it because he's like it was Michael Jackson. I, I'm just trying to do an impression of a rapper or of a, of, a, of a recording artist. It's Michael Jackson, guys. It's okay. I'm 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 doing that. Like it makes it better. I mean, honestly, anyone trying to impersonate Michael Jackson. That that alone, forget the blackface. That scares me alone. Why do you want to try and impersonate Michael Jackson? I mean, in 1984, <laughs> who right. was not trying to impersonate Michael Jackson? <laughs> okay. I certainly was. So, as long as he wasn't doing the other parts of impersonating Michael Jackson. So apparently he did the Michael Jackson thing for a dance contest. Ah. Um, and in the middle of the press interview, somebody goes like, oh, can you still moonwalk? So he looks around like he's about he, to moonwalk. He wanted to do it. Whoa. And, and his wife next to him goes like, no, stop. Shut like, up and sit down. I now. think she yeah. said inappropriate time or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, he needed to be reminded. Like, this is not the time for you to show us our mo- your moonwalk. They had such a big fight after that. He was like, this is my one chance to show them how good I am. And then they and would have been blew. fine with the blackface <laughs> if they only knew my oh, moonwalk. My he moonwalks so good that there's fight like fine. Yeah, oh, all works. right. That you guy. keep crushing my dreams, honey. Stop it. Yeah. I could have been something. The thing, so yeah. this guy, by the way, this guy has not stepped down. Well, well, Despite this picture, he's so the shit went down. down like in two days. So like his news came out, and then like well, he denied the picture, and then right. he's like, "But I did do the Michael Jackson thing." And then the lieutenant governor, right. who, who is a black guy, uh, yeah, Justin Fairfax, was promptly accused of sexual assault from twenty years. <laughs> yeah, prior. yeah, they were prepping this guy like, "Hey, you're <laughs> you're about worse. to be you're so you're they, the, hold on, the governor <laughs> the governor holds <laughs> the governor the, holds himself up in the governor's office. He's like he's like I'm not resigning. I'm not resigning." And everyone's like, no, dude, even the Democratic Party's like, dude, you need to resign. So then they start prepping the lieutenant governor, this guy, right? Justin Fairfax, who's a black guy. And they're like, hey, you're about to become governor, so get ready. He's like, oh, shit, this is about to get real. A woman in California comes out and is like, yo, he can't become governor. 
that guy sexually assaulted me. Yeah. And so the, the, everyone's crazy. like, well, And shit, now I think the we third do? in line, well, the third oh, in yeah. line uh-huh. sexually it's assaulted awesome. a woman in blackface. So it's the two, they put them together. <laughs> no, 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 no. The third in line is another blackface guy. Yeah. Mark, well, Mark Herring. His name is Mark Herring. They're like, all right. So who, who do we? Who do we? Who who's do we next? go? Who's next? They look. They look in like the statute of limitations or constitution. Should we just th- cancel the whole state? Yeah, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> take it off. Wipe it off the map. Maybe all politicians wear blackface. Maybe that's a that's thing, thing we don't know. Yeah, yeah. They're like, all right. So who's next in line? They're like, okay, it's the state's attorney general. That's who would be the next in line to be governor. So once this guy realized it would be him, he just stepped up himself. He's like, wait a minute. I've worn blackface in college before. I just need you all to know that before you put me. <laughs> That's amazing. That's the one with three people in the picture. Wow. Guys, they're they're bringing blackface back. All right, they're making it cool again. So so when when uh, blackface like when this whole and there's been a lot of did you see like the Gucci sweater? No, what's that? Oh, is that yeah. what Sam's wearing right now? No, <laughs> no, that is not a Gucci sweater. Um, I think Gucci, it was Gucci or somebody. We should look it up. We should find out. Uh, uh, somebody, I'm going to show you this picture. This we're going to have to black. Put that on the camera. Face sweater. <laughs> yeah, it's Gucci. Oh, it, yeah. You may want to clear your search history after this. Okay. Tip. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We're getting just, canceled for Googling blackface. It's like not even doing it. There's Google so won't stuff. do it. Google wants keeps changing it to black lace. No, oh, oh, no, no. Oh. See that cancel culture right there. Yeah. Google is censoring my search. <laughs> wow, the the links they are going to not let me type this in are actually remarkable. Wow, that's a story in of itself. Try, now try it wants Googling. to say North Face. Are you sure you don't mean North Face sweater? <laughs> no. Try try googling white guy stole my car and see what comes up. Yeah, comes up. Uh, here's the New York Times article. I'm gonna get the photo. Look at this sweater. That's that's, that's, that's actually, a black lace sweater. That is actually a Gucci sweater. Here, Ted pointed at this one. That was actually actually available. Wow. And uh, Did it come up on there? Nice. And uh, that has they've since pulled that. They've decided that was in they canceled it. Damn. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know is it Gucci? Was it Gucci? It was Gucci, yeah. So it's, yeah. Even so the, the history of blackface is racist really... as long as you're warm, I think is the uh, Yeah. Um, Italians are racist. I guess I didn't realize that. When I became aware, when I became recently aware of the blackface controversy, I promptly uh, started seeking out um, the video of my second grade performance of Frederick Douglass in uh, Black History Month play. Fortunately, I, I was I was relieved that uh, I, they only blackface? put a beard on me. They didn't just put, a beard. Oh, yeah, yeah. They did beard face. No makeup. Beard face. No makeup at all. But uh, I definitely wore a beard. That's beautiful. Second grade, you you did. Frederick Douglass? I bet I'm a lifelong Frederick Douglass fan. Frederick Douglass is the greatest American of all time. Wow. That's period. amazing. That's uh, beautiful. Yeah. Do you think if they had put you in blackface that that would be a, a threat to your future career? I, I was honestly nervous about it. That like, would man, be crazy. If there's a video of me as a kid in blackface. The fun, like I went to a, I went to a I went to an inner city elementary school. I was literally like one of four white kids in my class. Why did they have me play Frederick? <laughs> Let's teach this white boy a lesson. Yeah. Um, but, That's uh, reparations, actually. Mrs. Roach was my... Anyway, yeah. Um, 
That's cool, man. Yeah. All right. So cancel culture. So that's what's happening in Virginia, right? <laughs> governor, lieutenant governor, attorney general all getting canceled. I don't even know who's next in line. Roseanne, House I, of Cards. I think it's people not. Dis- in fact, isn't uh, isn't uh, what's his name? Kevin Spacey is now suing uh, Netflix because they refuse. Oh no, no, Woody Allen. Woody Allen is suing Netflix because they refused to distribute his movie, which they agreed to distribute, even though they paid him for it. Because he's a molester, isn't he? A molester? Yeah, he's a child molester. Get and the fuck out of here. He's like, that's old oh, news. Geez. Everybody knew that. Um. Woody, yeah. Um, so, so right. now I think the next in line, by the way, is like Speaker of the House, who's a Republican. I'm just waiting to find out what the hell comes out on that guy. You know what I mean? Like mm. it's multiple so, choice, multiple choice. So, uh, so anyway, that's cancel culture in Virginia, right? So then you have Bezos and Trump right now, right? So Trump, <laughs> there's a whole story here. It's, it's a little too much, but as you guys remember, Bezos announced his divorce uh, four weeks ago. I want to say to Mackenzie Bezos. The next day, National Enquirer does a uh, a several-page expose on Jeff Bezos with some pictures and him and his mistress, a woman named Lauren Sanchez, I believe. She's like a a TV personality. Yeah, I believe her name is Lauren. I could be mistaken. Um, She was like on The View and all these other shows. And so... um, He's like, whoa, hot, you know, I'm Jeff Bezos. I'm the richest guy in the world. I've got $150 billion. I've got to figure out how they got, how they hacked my phone and got these text messages or, or hacked someone's phone and got these I also picks. am the proprietor of the world's largest web-based cloud service <laughs> right. company. Like, right. If somebody's hacking There's my a shit, that's not good for business. I oh, mean, yeah, about right. It. That's about true. Like, like a, the vast majority of everybody like is counting on Amazon to not that's get true. shit hacked. Yeah. I mean, they could have hacked Lauren's phone, too, right? That's possible. Which is, the rumor oh. is Michael, her brother, may have had something to do with it and gotten to her phone somehow. But anyway, so um, so he does an investigation. He's like, all right, I'm, I'm worth $150 billion. Let me figure out how they got these pictures. And what he starts to find out, apparently, is that, you know, it seems to be... It's politically motivated. I don't know the exact details, but you know what he's discovered and what he's suggesting—not suggesting—what he's clearly sta- saying is Trump is possibly the person behind getting these pictures and text messages, and I then th- getting them to the National Enquirer. To be I think published. he alluded that it was a combination of Donald Trump as well as the Saudi Arabian government. Right. He was exactly. He brought that up as well because. So he owns, as you guys know, probably he's not only a, a retail titan, but he's a he's a, a you know media baron. Like he's a newspaper baron. This guy owns the Washington Post. That's huge, and they've done some amazing reporting on Donald Trump and everything. So Trump hates the Washington Post, and he hates Bezos, and so he's threatened Bezos with like raising postal rates and doing all this other stuff to try and choke Amazon down a little bit. Um, so, so Bezos is saying, you know, these Trump and Saudi could be colluding in some way politically to basically out me. Why why would, you know, Saudis Oh, I'm involved? sorry. Thank you. Yeah. So so uh Saudis have been accused of um murdering Jamal Khashoggi, this Washington Post news reporter. He was actually working for the Washington Post. Mm-hmm. So that's what Jeff Bezos owns is the Washington Post. Yeah. So so Saudi also wouldn't mind, you know, Knocking Bezos and the Washington Post down a notch. The Washington Post was writing enough nasty stuff about the Saudis that they decided to kill the guy, and and then the Washington Post like made sure everybody knew that the that the Saudis killed the guy, and that was a very public. Mm-hmm. Right, it's a very public so. Are they getting anything? Are they expecting to get something out of it, or is it just a spite move? I think. The well, only- they, yeah, they get less shit written about them if they knock the post down a notch or two, right? 
and they'd scare other you people would hope from so. they'd scare other people from talking about it. Right. But uh, but but I think that uh, uh, the Washington Post didn't stop talking about it. Instead, they made sure that everybody knew. And um, uh, Jeff Be- and, and I think the illusion of last night's blog post from Jeff Bezos, which is unbelievably candid, um, and to his credit, I mean, I think that's great. But uh, it um, it alludes to uh, um, the Saudis. Uh, really perhaps being in cahoots with the Trump people for a long time. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, so so he does this investigation, and Bezos, he hires like this most fancy, expensive investigator, a guy named Gavin DeBecker, I think, and they find, I mean, they find some shit, and they're like, we have evidence that this is politically motivated. It wasn't like the National Enquirer was doing quality journalism. You know, they were, they were trying to get this stuff in order to uh, blackmail or extort um, Jeff Bezos. What were they trying to do? So Bezos, as they got all these pictures, they, they basically emailed Jeff Bezos, and they're like, hey, listen, the National Enquirer, we've got lots more pictures on you, lots more, quote-unquote, below-the-belt selfies, a.k.a. dick pics. Uh, we've got uh, pictures of you and your mistress and doing all they're this just stuff. just literally pictures. Like, they're all just pictures of his knees or whatever. They're like, we have so many pictures of below the belt. Like, <laughs> his knees, like, yeah. yeah. Just, no, they, they, they don't say so many. They are extremely, I have this kind of picture. And they, they describe picture, picture by picture. Yeah. He, he, in his blog post, he copies the email. I mean, he just put the whole email. Yeah, so he puts their email. They basically say this. Bezos, you, you need to stop saying in public, because he was, he was basically suggesting that he's got evidence. This whole thing was politically motivated. Can, can I time out real quick and say uh, I personally have never sent a dick pic? Am I in the vast minority here? What is your problem, really? dude? Yeah. Is that true? Yeah. Never? never. I've never sent a dick pic. Yeah, I've never sent a dick pic. Uh-huh. I only send them unsolicited. <laughs> <laughs> Kareem is eerily quiet. <laughs> I, I, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm I'm not I'm not into dick pics. I guess it seems like that's uh, something that everyone has hanging over their head, and I'm just like, wh- like, where? Why did you do that in the first place? I mean, the fact maybe that, they have phenomenal dicks. I mean, <laughs> the fact that Bezos is doing you, it makes have me you ever makes me met question. A girl like, that's I like, oh yeah, I got a dick pic, and I'm stoked about it. Oh wow, never. I wonder. I could see it happening like in a like a relationship. Or I could see it in like a barter type of. I'll send you a pic if you send me a pic. Like I think that's probably uh, where many dick pics come from. Yeah, that's that's all. Like a, yeah, it's never like oh, look at this. Like you know, if <laughs> this will like get her excited. Train, yeah, <laughs> but it's like you're my gonna, one idea. I usually just send a screen cap of like my bank account or something. <laughs> that seems way more far more. Won't this get you? Your so, credit score. <laughs> That's funny. My dog. You write your credit Check score on FICO your penis, score. and you oh. send that. <laughs> so, so, so Bezos starts saying, uh, "Hey, National Enquirer, um, you know, we 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 have some stuff on you publicly." Now, the National Enquirer is super sensitive to this. Why? Because, as you guys might remember, the the head of the National Enquirer, a guy named, and this is no joke, David Pecker. That's this guy's name. Um, this guy uh, had agreed to work with the um, Michael Cohen investigation with Trump and the Russia meddling. As long as they don't do anything, um, like uh, as long as they don't break any laws, they'll get like immunity or something like that for three years. But now, by getting all this Jeff Bezos junk, they've probably broken a lot of laws. And Literal Bezos junk. has, yeah, exactly. Uh, they've broken a lot of laws, and now you know Bezos has something on these guys, so they're probably you know. So what they did was they basically 
sent Bezos an email saying, hey, if you don't stop saying these pictures that we got were politically motivated, um, we're going to release these other 12 pictures of you. And here they are in detail. Boom, 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 boom. We have this, we have that, we have this, we have that. What was the hottest one? Uh, it, it was Lauren Sanchez in some sort of like a red gown uh, with cleavage showing, and I think her other nether regions probably showing. Uh, that's interesting. You're saying that way too creepily. I'll take the camera off of you now. <laughs> Sam, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to breathe into the mic for the rest of the show. If that's cool. Sam's rubbing his nipples over his brown shit color sweater. <laughs> Yeah, of her nether regions. <laughs> so Bezos is like, damn, are they going to publish these? Like, I, I don't want all these pictures getting published. He pulls a gangster movie. He's like, you know what? I'm going to publish all their emails and show that the, how they're trying to extort and blackmail me. And the dude just, boom, drops it all. And now, basically, the war has begun, right? It basically feels like it's Trump versus Bezos, you know. In um, a head-to-head combat this Sunday. I mean, it's crazy. We should drive monster trucks at each other and then just make it just be like the cartoon that it is. I'd watch that. And then just have it be like, oh, they should box or something. Getting oh, Bezos and Trump boxing? Yeah. I would love to see that. But no, I think I think I, I, I salute Bezos, right? He like basically is like, fine, you want to publish dick pics of me? Go ahead and do it. My reputation will get tarnished. But you know what? At least I'm going to get you guys on something for what you're yeah. doing is super shady. That's, that's way worse. I would think so, right? Will yeah. he get tarnished, though? His reputation? If, if he has a nice dick. That's a big if. Yeah. Have you seen well, his? And he sent it to a woman he was seeing. It's not like Brett Favre where he's just like shotgunning it all over the locker room. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, right? It's, it's private. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess because it's his mistress and he was probably cheating on his wife. That's what makes it a little more. I mean, they are getting divorced. I know, right? But probably partly because of that, I would assume. Um, but I mean, you know, they're, they're basically saying, right, National Enquirer is basically saying, we'll publish your private property, Jeff, to stop you inquiring how we got your private property. That's what they're basically saying. No, right? no. And and for you to make a public statement yes. through a mutually agreed media outlet saying that you have no reason to believe that we have ever uh, reported things based on political motivations. Correct. They need which, to say which, that. which in his blog post, Jeff Bezos, every single time he says that, refers to as a lie. Yeah. Right. So, so their plan was to threaten the richest, most powerful, most likely to be Batman guy yes. on yes. Earth yes. with something that he could easily come out looking way better than them. I, I mean, I think he thinks it's hilarious. And he's like, really? <laughs> you guys think I'm going to do this because of a dick pic? Me. Show everybody my dick. Yeah. Go ahead. Do it. Yeah. That's, yeah. I think that was, his, that was his MO. Gangster. That's badass. Well, here's the thing. And by the way, you guys are all now in violation of your uh, restraining order. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, your cease and desist order, which oh, was part of their agreement. They had a specific agreement. It, they had the immunity deal to testify in the Mueller investigation right. that included a cease and desist on these like extortion type deals. And this is perhaps a violation of that agreement, which would put Pecker in legal jeopardy. Yeah. Potentially. Exactly. Exactly. So um, cancel culture coming your way. <laughs> Executives, watch out for your share prices. That's my point is. I mean, look, the National Enquirer, this is not the first time they've extorted or blackmailed somebody, right? I mean, my guess is the National Enquirer has got tons of shit on Trump, 
And that's why Trump is in cahoots with them. He's probably paid them over and over and over. You're trying to tell me that the National Enquirer doesn't have stuff on Sam Prickett? You know they do. Yeah. It's just not worth anything. Yeah, right, yeah. They got him in a brown sweater. Wait, we got him too. We should extort him. Yeah. No, but like, Look at this piece of shit. Pick your, pick your biggest names. Pick your biggest executives. Pick your biggest like uh, politicians. How many politicians? There's probably dirt on almost 80, 90% of politicians. I don't know. That the National Enquirer has. They probably extort them and get money out of them or get some sort of political favor. What or if something. the government is owned by the National Enquirer? Oh, my like, God. Like that is the Illuminati. They're, just, they're in everyone's... If the Illuminati is run by a guy named David Pecker, the, I'm going to go that, on That's the side. clown town Illuminati. And, and I actually, that was my take on reading the blog, which is I think Jeff Bezos does an excellent job in the blog of comparing what the Washington Post does yep. and other, you know, media outlets yep. um, with the National Enquirer. And isn't it weird that we have a president who's aligned with the National Enquirer and they would love to call the New York Times and the Washington Post fake news? I wonder why. Which National Enquirer, as far as I like my life, I've always thought of as like literally the fake news. I thought it was just great journalistic integrity writing. Oh. Yeah. I didn't think that was funny. Why did I say that? <laughs> you should beat yourself up for the rest yeah. of the Stupid, stupid, stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is funny. It'd be funny if it wasn't like so sad. Exactly. That's why it's more true <laughs> than that. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think that, you know, what's upon us here is like, watch out, you know, Virginia governors shit getting found on them, National Enquirer digging up shit. Like, I think that hasn't really hit the business world too hard yet. And they just try, you know, it just hit Bezos. So it wouldn't shock me if that's where, you know, stock prices next kind of like wrinkle is where corporate executives or whatnot or corporate boards or hedge funds trying to mess with corporations, they start to look from dig up, you know, dirt and try and take the cancel culture into the business world. And you don't so, think that's already happened? I think it's happening on a small basis. I'm talking about on a broader, more intense basis, kind of like it becomes a weapon or a tool way more frequently. So you can't be a human being anymore with flaws. You have to be perfect. like a perfect Robot. person. I think I think that this is a momentary. I think that I think that uh, so you have this proliferation of cameras. Uh, there was a great a great article yesterday I read, and it said something about like the incidence of identified errors in news and in media are increased. Right, like there's more and more blatant examples of that was wrong today than perhaps there were ten or fifteen years ago. Mm. But the implication of this article was like that's true, but. The reality is people are probably making far less errors. It's just that much harder to get away with it today. Like there's just so because of digital technology, because there's cameras everywhere, because every Mm. email is captured. uh, It's just so much easier now to find evidence, to find proof, to find. And so it used to be easier to lie. Mm. And, and, And organizations could just stand by their lies and nobody would, oh, Donald Trump didn't have an abortion or whatever. Right, right, right. Whereas um, uh, now, like in the digital world, that truth comes out inevitably that unfortunately leads to examples of the Washington Post or the New York Times making mistakes and having to come out and say, whoops, we were wrong about that. But uh, the overall, despite, and, and that leads to the average American having less and less confidence in news 
But in reality, the bar or the standard for truth is higher than ever, and there's probably less lies being reported than ever. But there's also, it seems like it goes so quickly that it, even if it wasn't false, no one's going back to say it. Like it's like f- a thing of like this person did this, and then like the next week, people already forgot about, forgot it, about it. it. There's a, a new person. A that great did example a new thing. of that is the Covington High School incident, right? Where everybody within an hour immediately decided who their bad guy was. And even though the story was evolved, the Native American, it's a Native American yeah. guy yeah. with the high school kids in Washington D.C. You know, there was a video of like some obnoxious kid with like a MAGA hat on, yeah, like a smug face looking at a Native American with this guy. Native American banging a drum, and like the initial thing makes it look like these MAGA jerks like went and like attacked this Native American who was sitting there banging his drum. Later, it comes out that, in fact, there was a bunch of MAGA kids sitting there and the Native American like walked right into the middle of them and started banging a drum in this kid's ah. face. And it, and it's sort of like I'm not saying the kid doesn't look like a dweeb, but it's a lot different than what was initially reported. Right. And it, that didn't matter at all. Like as the facts came out on what happened, everybody who thought the MAGA kids were jerks first continued to think mm. the MAGA kids were jerks. Everybody who thought and then like within an hour, the kid's name was published and like his wow. family's been harassed. This, oh. The high school in, in Covington, Kentucky has been closed wow. like it's really, really bad. And um, I, I think that's just like hysteria and fickleness yeah. of of right. like mainstream media. A man hears what he wants to hear and disregards the rest. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's what it's the world we live in. Yep. So when in reality, as I look at the video, I think there were just like a whole bunch of assholes in one place, and everybody there was an asshole, and none of us should waste any yeah. time mm. looking at the assholes. Mm. Man. But, Anyway. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, I think it is happening. We're seeing it happen. Things are getting recorded more. And I think because we're human and we, we're frail and we make mistakes, uh, we just do stupid shit sometimes, like put on blackface because we think that makes sense in that moment because all our friends are doing it. Um, that get, that that can be coming out more frequently in the world of business, I think, and I expect that to possibly be happening um, 2019 and onwards. So anyway, that's 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 my bigger point of the Virginia and the Bezos Trump thing is like dirt's getting dug up. Mm-hmm. Happening, it's going to happen more, I think, in the business world. Yeah, it's also scary that like people can't, or or they can't, obviously, but it's really not like growth. Really, is not acknowledged whatsoever what in like this thing. Like he wore blackface, right? And then now, I mean, for unless he's going home every night and wearing blackface, like that, it was just a thing he did. And then, like, I mean, I've said and done ridiculous things that I look right. back on. They're like, oh, that was rough, you right, know, right, but right. you grow as a human being. You grow, yeah. I mean, I think for someone who's supposed to be a civil servant serving people uh, and, and I mean, large, true, I think large we should kill all politicians. But uh, <laughs> No, but I mean, like, for this guy, right, like, redemption is one thing. I've grown. I'm better. I, 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 that's in his own heart. He can, be, he can be redeemed in his own heart with him and God, for example. But, like, if you really want to... Right, the ship, and this is happening with the Rickets right now with the Chicago Cubs and Muslims. I mean, how can I not? Mm-hmm. In fact, maybe we skip the trade when we talk about that. But like, like you, you've done something that that shows you know you're an oppressor or you you could be hurtful towards these people. How how are you going to write that? How are you going to fix that? What actions are you going to take? Are you just going to use yep. words, or are you actually going to go visit African American communities and leaders and be like? Yo, I don't know what the hell I was yeah, doing. But you know? visit them in blackface so you fit in. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Ralph Northam, don't do that if you're listening to Sam Priggett. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, um, uh, I think, I think that's, that's my point. That are like, I think 
the the reality is when the twenty whatever year old guy put that thing in his yearbook, I think he thought it was a funny joke and it was a juvenile stupid joke. Yeah. I don't think it was actually meant to support blackface or the Ku Klux Klan. Or he wouldn't have put it in his medical school yearbook. I think a lot of the problem. <laughs> that is a good point. He wasn't trying to hide it. He, it, he well, put it in the thing. It wasn't there. like I'm in, I want to lynch people. No, I mean you he know. was like we had fun in year three. Yeah. <laughs> like look at the stupid thing we did. Uh, and so I think there's a difference in that. I think the mistake so many people make is they don't do what Jeff Bezos did. Yeah, there's a dick pic. You know, I, I I, I'm not trying to say dick pics are a great idea. But whatever. Totally agree. And and instead, this guy's like, well, that's not me. Well, why the hell did you choose to put that picture on your page? Right. If it, And, and he, who cares if it's you or not? You chose to put the picture on the page. Like, right. that, you could have very easily said, when I was young, I made a mistake. And that is not what the guy did. And, and instead, he tried to deny it. He tried they don't to say own it, it wasn't him. They don't he, own he did it first. And then he went back and he's like, no, 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 wait. After wasn't looking me. at the picture again, wow, yeah. it wasn't me. Well, then the, Ted's point is right. Maybe he's fine. Maybe it's not you. Let's assume it's not you. It's still on your page. No, it wasn't well, me. It's a black then, guy, clearly. And, and then there's a whole thing. Well, and then there's a, <laughs> then there's a whole thing on, on like, uh, like uh, he could be a morally fine person. Would he win the election if the world knew that he had done that before the election? And... I think that's the uh, another level yeah. of if you're trying to suppress information from voters, that's that's a bad thing. Yeah, like, exactly. You know, like it, we should be able to make our decision fully informed. And every politician we vote for is probably somebody who's made a mistake in their life. In fact, if you haven't made a mistake, I don't think I should vote for you because you're not a real. Something's human. not right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so uh, I think that's part of the problem too is how like, owning your shit. People want to whitewash everything and yeah. That's why I love what Bezos did. Well, now did, that's man. the opposite problem. What's it's the opposite of whitewashing is what he did. Yeah, got a black, black uh, cultural yeah. appropriation of whiteness. You're uh-huh. Whitewashing. Back to Michael Jackson. So, so yeah. <laughs> the, the the let's so let's pivot. What I'll do is I'm actually gonna pause on the trade war and not talk about that and talk about a different business story. Uh, the Chicago Cubs and the Ricketts. Um, have you heard about this story, Sam? No. So um, it's it's making some headlines, but not all. I don't think it's making national headlines entirely. Um, but so so one of the richest families in the country is the Ricketts family. These guys own the Chicago Cubs. Isn't that also an old timey disease? Ricketts disease? Yeah, Ricketts. I don't know what it is, but it's used to die of it. I don't know I what it is. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what it is, but something tells me uh, if if I if anyone. <laughs> What the hell am I, I trying to say? Saying, we I all when you know said the Chicago exactly Cubs what you're and trying Ricketts. to say. What am I trying to say? If someone has it, it's got to be Sam Priggett. Be <laughs> this is what this is what Ricketts disease look like. Sam, <laughs> Sam, so, uh, Sam Ricketts. So some emails came Spirit out. Corner. Emails have been leaked. Yeah, emails. Were, emails are his. So the owner, Joe Ricketts, the the, the father, like the patriarch. Uh, to be car- to be this is well. The one clarification I'm going to, and I have a broader comment on this later. But Joe Ricketts is not the owner, and in fact, in no way directly involved in the Cubs. His son. Is. His son is the chairman of the board. Yes. But for, I, here's where I disagree with you. Joe Ricketts is the one who put up the money. Joe Ricketts is the one who bought it. Joe Ricketts today is probably cashing checks and benefiting from the Chicago Cubs and their operations. So I feel like he, he's kind of an important part of that institution. And and come on, I, the other thing is like, I don't know, man, about how you guys... Well, let's are, talk about the emails and then and then we'll talk more correct. about... The, Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so Joe Ricketts, a 77-year-old older man, billionaire... He got rich off TD Ameritrade. 
this guy, if you guys have heard of the the broker, online broker TD Ameritrade, that's how that's how he became rich. Sold four hundred million share, uh, four hundred million dollars worth of his shares. Buys the Chicago Cubs. I don't know, ten years ago, I want to say. Uh, takes him to the World Series in two thousand seventeen, and uh, and the rest is 16, history. Sixteen was it sixteen? Sixteen, two thousand sixteen. Thank you. Um, the rest is history. Now a lot of a lot of my I, my brother is a diehard Cubs fan. He's also you know a believing Muslim, and I've got a lot of friends who are diehard Cubs fans that are also Muslims. Like I've, I've got friends who are like 15, 20 year you know season ticket holders for for their and now their kids are growing up and and so then these emails get leaked about from Joe Ricketts. Showing him as uh, anti-Muslim, he's an anti. He's he's expressing anti-Muslim hate. Uh, Muslims are are more. They're a cult. They're not a religion. Um, lots of like Obama type of jokes about how he's a secret Muslim. There was <laughs> there was one about. I got to read this. Something about like he's a gay sex worker and a drug mule or something like that. Obama is. Yeah. Obama is a gay prostitute. That's what he. He went from being the president of the United States this before, before, before the before. president. Oh, yeah. So he worked. What a cool for, story. For, if for he Bill Ayers, was, you have hope, man. For what? That's Bill Ayers, right? Like, yeah, whatever. Bill Ayers. He's, 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 he's the whole like, yeah. That's the whole right wing conspiracy yes. theory about like birther, birther. Yeah, like he was he was groomed by these people. They used him as a drug mule between Jakarta and then you know they made him the president. Right. That that's a, it's a whole crazy it's a wacky wacky story right wing nutcase thing but this guy's receiving the emails commenting forwarding them yeah. along you and know joe ricketts is no secret that he is one of these right wing whack job dudes yeah. always has been donated quite a bit of money to trump's inauguration but now we can read the emails and it's like yeah he actually overtly said all this stuff and it's bad stuff yeah it's it's very it's very hateful uh for someone who bought the cubs why do we care what sports guy i, I, I still take issue with that. That, that that's a big thing and so so let's talk about it. So so he so okay. Yeah, so yeah. we got it. The emails are out. He's hateful towards. He also is hateful towards Mexicans and blacks, basically minorities. All people. Yeah. You, know, yeah. you don't well, no, hate Muslims. He's a starting also. lineup. Unless you're a direct descendant of white Jesus. Yeah. He yeah. basically says uh, Christians and Jews, we can get along. We can figure this out. But Muslims, no way. Those guys are way too. You know, they're crazy. Um, that's kind of what he says. And he's like, this is a white Christian country. We we can't let Muslims. You know, participate in in the in the country the way they want to. So that's what, that was the the theme of his his messages. So yeah, I I mean, so now the question is that Ted and I will probably debate. The question is like, uh, you know, so the, so then he came out and says, uh, I did say those things, and they do not. You know, I apologize. They do not express my actual values. <laughs> <laughs> I know that was like uh, the biggest lie. I, I okay, he said that. I think relevantly, pretty much the same day, his son, Tom Ricketts, who actually is the is owner the chairman, of the Cubs, yes, yes. came out and said, my dad has nothing to do with the Cubs. He doesn't work here. And he that does not what he said does not represent the feelings of the Cubs or anybody who works here. Yeah. So he, the father is not in the day-to-day operation. So, and, and I think it's important to say the son specifically condemned the comments and distanced the organization from him. So it's not yes. like they're like embracing him. Yes. That's right. So they they are not they're not they're not standing up for him at all. And in fact, uh one of his kids, I think Pete Ricketts is the governor of Nebraska. Pete Ricketts shares his dad's ideology. Actually, well not entirely. Pete, there's emails mm. in these hacked emails that show uh well no, ideology, yes. But but regarding Muslims, for example, he did respond saying, "Dad, I don't know if all this is true. You should go and research what Muslims are about." <laughs> <laughs> um, and and his son responded like, that's "You don't life. know." 
His son responded, you don't know, his dad responded, you don't know what you're talking about. Shut up. Like, th- this is what Muslims that, are. That's a life wow. lesson there. Just assume that every email you've ever written is going to become public. So, like, yes. d- uh, do something righteous and good once. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, uh, so yeah. So, the question I was like, what, what? So, then the Tom Ricketts came out and said, this, you know, we're not, our dad is not in dated operations. We don't agree with his, his values, you know. Um, so, now the question is, like, you've got all these thousands and thousands of Muslim fans for the Chicago Cubs that are now like, okay, we, we've been praying for the Cubs. We've been wanting them to win. We've been wanting this. And now what the message we're getting from the, uh, the chairman's father who bought the Cubs is you're not, you know, we hate you and we don't trust you and you're not welcome. You know, you're not welcome in this country. You're not welcome. So the question is how, you know, how do the Cubs respond to this? How, how do they, do they just, does Tom come out and say, what he said, which is we're not we're not with these guys, and then move on with it. You know, is that how you help Muslims feel like they are welcome at Wrigley Field? You know, or or maybe they don't need to do that. Muslims yeah, I didn't even hear about this. So like, first time you're hearing it. Yeah, and uh, one, I'm not a sports, but it, yeah, it seems like the best way to handle things like that if you're on like the wrong side of it is don't say anything. And then just let people forget about it, right? That's how, like, I mean, Louis was kind of gone, and now he's coming back because he really didn't say anything. He left, like, a thing, but he wasn't, like, he kind of tuned out for a little bit, and then, you know, now he's... Chipotle. Chipotle reported a great quarter yesterday. Yep. People forgot about it. 18 months has gone by since they poisoned everybody with salmonella. Now everybody's back at Chipotle. Right. That's what you're saying. I think, no, I, I have a slightly different opinion, and this comes from my world of managing money for billionaire families. And um, there were a number of billionaire clients that we worked for in my previous life. And my experience has been that those families are extremely complex. Uh, The differences between individuals are enormous. Mm. And, um, and, and I think attributing uh, one person's uh, views to the whole family is um, generally really short sighted. And, and, and I, and I actually do think it's relevant to, like, they created TD Ameritrade. The dad had kind of stepped down. Tom, Tom Ricketts ran the company for yep. a long time. Yep. And Former banker. Yeah, he was a banker. And he ran TD Ameritrade. The son ran TD Ameritrade. The son was part of cashing out all the money that was the billions of dollars that went to buy the Cubs. And I don't know that the dad has anything to do with it. I mean, he founded the company that the son took over that made him a billion bucks. But... I honestly think Joe Ricketts is a bigot, and um, and I don't think that that reflects on Tom Ricketts, and that's that's my personal opinion. And, and and I don't like the other brother who's the governor of Nebraska. I think that guy is also a bigot. It's my opinion. Is that right? Yeah, that's I don't my, know. Him very that's well. my. I mean, that's just I'm, bigot's probably a strong anyone, word, but I think he's an ultra right wing. If I if I was if I I'm Muslim, and if I was a Cubs fan, I would not feel peace dropping i don't know 10 grand on my season tickets this year knowing that some of that 10 grand is going to joe ricketts the bigots pocket i just can't but it's I not right be. he's not involved no 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 he can't no he he owns he, uh, he might not have the voting power or the chair the chairman mm-hmm. seat but he he's the one who i mean he orchestrated the yeah. the purchase as far as i understand and it was right? it was a different entity it's a different entity okay family. but he's i mean he's got to be and actually they've sold right? out they've i mean they sold like so there's a whole bunch of other investors it's not like the rickets just own it like there's a whole bunch of investors they raised another okay. couple hundred million bucks to it's not just them okay yeah so like and and well, some but, of this but, i should i can't say but like 
I don't think Joe Ricketts is a large owner, and it, he has no direct control. I don't think he even directly benefits, and many other people own it. So you, I think you know I this, strongly, and I'm learning this, and I'm understanding it yeah. as a Muslim, so I, I'm like, okay, that makes me feel a little better. I think the majority of Cubs fans, to that level of detail, they probably don't. don't. They don't know, and they don't care. No. The, like the how, mu- that, how much of the Patriots assume. does Bob Kraft own? I don't really know. The, I think the average Muslim's probably thinking, like, uh, the apple probably doesn't fall very far from the tree, because most people are like their parents. And Tom Ricketts, the chairman, is probably kind of like his dad. Yeah, so. Like, look at the Cheneys, right? Like, you got Dick the, the Cheney, what? and oh, then Cheney, you got yeah. his, his daughter. daughter totally yeah. uh, the opposite end of the spectrum. So you look at the Pritzker family, you got yep. opposite ends of the spectrum. Yep. Uh, I think the same thing is the uh, maybe not the quite the same. I, I think they're different. I really do think they're I, different. I think this is going to be similar to the to the Jews own Starbucks thing. Um there's what? always there's always going to be that like Muslim person that's like I will never drink Starbucks in my life because the CEO is like supporting his Jews or, whatever, or something yeah. like that. But then there's everyone else that's like, bro, I'm not going to Dunkin'. I'm going to Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, they just have, also, maybe you're right. Maybe we're. I, I'm sorry. I think we're forgetting just in terms of like public, you know, uh, you know, view of a company. Donald Trump is the president. I would imagine most Cub fans agree with the father. You know what I mean? It seems like a lot of those people. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know If anything, I could see people be like, I'm a Cubs fan now because of this fucking lunatic. (laughs) Maybe. But no, I would think most Cubs fans probably are more on the... Democratic side, wouldn't wouldn't you think? It's we're in the Midwest. Uh, come on, uh, which team in Chicago is the bigot team? Cubs. If, if you if you are a right wing racist, white racist, do you root for the Cubs or do you root for the White Sox? Cubs. <laughs> come on, it's I guess Cubs. the Cubs. Yeah. Come on, I don't know. I I, I grew up on the I South think side. the Cubs is the racist team. I think they are. Are they? And I don't think the Cubs are racist, but I think the racists root for the Cubs. <laughs> They I do, they, I like, do think to Sam's that. point, they definitely do not. That they know Joe is, yeah. is a racist, you know. But I, so anyway, so so um, a couple of my friends uh, who who are um, one of them, Kamran Hussein, uh, and a lawyer friend, uh, wrote a letter to the Cubs because my friend is a president of a Muslim organization, and they're like, "Hey, this this rings of PR and damage control." And you know, my daughters and me, we, we cried when the Cubs won. Like this just all feels really icky. Like you know. We want you to do more. Come to our mosque. Come learn about us. Come see what Muslims are. Like, you know, the New York Mets did a halal day for Muslims in New York for the whole stadium. Like, do a Muslim day at Cubs. You know, like, like do, don't just put out a statement saying we're different than our dad. Like, do something about it. And he's like, we don't want to see you. We love the Cubs. Like, we want to keep rooting for you. We don't want to see you go the way of Don Sterling and the Clippers. They've, they're stained. Or Marge Schott and the Cincinnati Reds. They're stained. Mm. Don't, don't go that way. Don't go that route. Do something. Don't just say words and wait 18 months. Yeah. And lo and behold, Tom Ruggins has a meeting with my friend, and they're they're going to be meeting today. I think that that I so and 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 I think that that's the ultimate thing. I just asked that. Uh, I think we should give Tom and we should give the Cubs organization uh, the opportunity to respond to this, and I think their actions will speak uh, right. far more volumes to me than their father's words in an email. Yeah, I think that's right. So I think I think I think Muslims at least. Couple of friends that I know are recognizing that okay, it is the dad. Let's see if you can rectify and at least you know help us with our own feelings, and because it just all feels pretty icky, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think you know at some point he may have a point. Like if if we're in this cancel culture and the media, the media has actually pounced on this. The Sun Times, the Tribune, six seventy AM, all these guys are writing about like you know what's up, Cubs? Like what are, what are you doing? So the media is panning the Cubs pretty hard right now. 
But yeah, you could lose. I mean, they're they're a multi billion dollar. They're one of the most valuable organizations in the world, the Chicago Cubs. You don't want to see them lose a big chunk off of their market value. Or, I don't know if you don't want to, but like, it'd be a shame if they lose a bunch of money because they don't handle this in the right way. Well, I, th- I hope that they do handle it the right way. Amen. Go Cubs. Maybe they should make uh, in you know in honor to 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 kind of make up for it. They make all their players like wear a like a hijab or something. <laughs> they 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 did request uh, yes yeah, so they requested like a halal day. They request they also suggested like a, a prayer area for Muslims, like a uh, almost like a multi faith day. The like seventh inning center. stretch is, is the prayer <laughs> the time. Prayer. Yeah, I thought it was a cool idea, like a multi faith area, you know, for for prayer That'd chapel. Be cool. Um, yeah, I'm just picturing ballpark. The ballpark, the ballpark suddenly becoming a lot more Muslim. You know, that'd be that'd be a really like they install a dome on top. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Instead of handing out, instead of selling beer, they're selling like I don't know Turkish coffee or something. Put yeah. some nice arc structures on the outside. Yeah. Right. Give it some artistic taste. That that would be really interesting. Yeah, and weird. I think you'd lose 99% of your fans probably. Yeah. Probably you'd lose Cubs, more yeah. fans from that than you yeah, would the race, from yeah. the thing. Definitely that, lose yeah. the racist fans. That's our episode, y'all. Thanks for listening in. Thank you, Ted, for being here. Thank you all for having me. Yeah, pleasure. Sam Prickett. Hey, thanks for having me. I had fun. Kareem, our social media gangster and millennial gangster. Thank you for having me. Well, I, never mind. <laughs> no, do not thank you. <laughs> Perfect. CB. Yo, yo. Thank you, brother. Thank you, man. Peace. Disclaimer. I do not provide personal investment advice, and I am not a qualified licensed investment advisor. I am an amateur investor. All information found here, including any ideas, opinions, views, predictions, forecasts, commentaries, suggestions, or stock picks expressed or implied herein are for informational, entertainment, or educational purposes only and should not be construed as personal investment advice. While the information provided is believed to be accurate, it may include errors or inaccuracies. I will not and cannot be held liable for any actions you take as a result of anything you read, hear, or see here. Conduct your own due diligence, consult a licensed financial advisor or broker before making any and all investment decisions. Any investments, trades, speculations, or decisions made on the basis of any information found on this show, expressed or implied herein, are committed at your own risk, financial or otherwise. Business news and other shit, hereafter known as BNOS, reflects my own views ideas and opinions it is not a production of my employer nor is it affiliated with any any broker dealer or registered investment advisor no representations or warranties are made with respect to the accuracy or completeness of the content of this entire show including any links to other sites the links provided are maintained by their respective organizations and they are solely responsible for their content all information presented here is provided as is without warranty of any kind expressed or implied from time to time i may include affiliate links and advertisements on dnos that result in my receiving a payment should a visitor click on the link or sign up to a service as per established in their practice. Readers are entirely responsible for any actions they take as a result of reading or clicking on links on the site and are urged to read the small print. Sound fair enough? Then please subscribe to BNOS. It's free via RSS or email.